This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did I tell you I've decided I am never going to wear high heels again? No. What brought this about? It just seems so awful and unnecessary. Wow. So, like, for anything, you're not wearing high heels. For anything. Like a wedding, nothing. No. Like, maybe a kitten heel on a very special occasion. I might break out a low wedge, that kind of thing. No more, like, spiky heels, high heels. I'm done. So are you getting rid of any ones that you have? Uh, Why, you need some shoes? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, maybe I'll come browse your closet. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the anxiety of stepping off the treadmill desk. And we have vacation hits and bombs. Then we're going to call our manager, Diane Fraser, to get clarity on the difference between managers, agents, and lawyers. And Diane also has this week's Hollywood hack, which will be of particular interest to theater lovers. But first, Sarah, we have an update. This comes from Laura, and I take particular pleasure in this. <laughs> we should say, Sarah, the subject line of her email was, I replaced all my underwear with skims and I'm so happy. <laughs> she says, hi, Liz and Sarah, I never would have replaced all my underwear without you, and I can't believe how happy I am every time I put a pair on. I love the colors. Feel fully covered, but sexy and cute at the same time. Thank you. So, Sarah, I, a a while back, (laughs) talked about how much I love Kim Kardashian's brand, Skims. Yes. I'm glad to know that people are out there listening. This is not an ad in any way, shape, or form. I just happen to think Skims is a great brand, and Laura agrees. So, you know, I'm always wanting to give, don't ask me why, they don't need my plug or my shout out, but you know, I love a shout out to the Kardashians. Yeah, they're going to see just a, a, a little <laughs> tiny bump, a Liz Craft yeah, bump in the sales. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, they need all the help they can get. Okay, Liz, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's the anxiety of stepping off the treadmill desks. Yes. So as we've mentioned, our entire career, we have worked during the summer Um, It's usually one of our busiest times, but this year our schedule gave us a lot of the summer 
off or we should say partially off Sarah. We've been working, but it's just at such a different level that it feels like we're not working. And we declared it vacation. Like we declared it mentally vacation. So I think that helps. Yeah. Absolutely. And it has been amazing, incredible, wonderful, but also anxiety producing. (laughs) Yes, because everything is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've taken vacations. It's not like we haven't taken vacations in the last 20 years, but they've always had some amount of work. The last time I went to Hawaii, we were writing a pilot. So I was like sitting on the deck, looking at the ocean, writing a pilot. It's just always present. But this time we took out of town vacations that were truly vacations. I didn't bring my iPad with me to Europe, which is, I basically am attached to my iPad like most oh, of the day, right? I, like and when you said that, I was like, <laughs> nah, let's rethink this. I couldn't. <laughs> fathom you not having your iPad. I Because yeah. you even more than I do have your iPad with you at all times. At all times. And I left it at home. Violet also was just like, wait, you what? Because <laughs> yeah. she uses my iPad as well. So it was like a betrayal. But it was amazing. I mean, it was so nice. And then you went to Hawaii and you actually relaxed. Yes. Yeah, slept so much. Just totally relaxed. It was fantastic. We're going to talk about coming up our vacation hits and bombs, as a matter (laughs) of fact. However, being on vacation made us aware of something. Yes. So the whole time I did still have my phone. So I would get email alerts, you know, such and such show sold. So and so got this deal. It was like life work was happening without us, it was very anxiety producing because I just felt like, wait a minute, we should be in that stream leading to some headline about that. Yes. Instead of hanging out on, you know, in Gamlestan. <laughs> yes. It made us feel like we weren't, you know, doing our usual hustle, basically getting our next thing. And again, hopefully we will be getting a season three of Fantasy Island. But Sarah, one thing I was thinking about after you and I talked about this is, you know, Gretchen and I, for Labor Day, always talk about reflect on Labor Day and look at your work and how do you feel about it? And I was thinking that one thing to do, because other people may sort of have a version of what we're talking about, is as these alerts come in and you see news of your industry and what's happening, and if you're feeling that sort of anxiety as you watch that, look at it and say, which of these things are making me feel envious? Which of Uh these would I like to be doing? And it can give you insight into what direction you want to take your career or the next job or the next gig or even within your job, something, maybe a new responsibility you'd like to have. Oh, that's I haven't listened to that episode yet, but I will. That's really a good point. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that. Well, I like to take an action item out of our anxiety, right? (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. Okay, coming up, we've got our vacation hits and bombs. But first, this break.
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, it is time for Hits and Bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. But Sarah, this week we're doing our vacation hits and bombs. So they're really not our Hollywood hits and bombs. They're our vacation hits and bombs. They're break from Hollywood hits and bombs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So you have a hit for Violet. Yes. So first of all, she is just so great to travel with. She's a really good traveler. She always has been. She really likes to travel. I love to travel with her. It was so nice to just be out there in the world. But one of the great things about her is she's very adventurous when it comes to eating. So when we got there, she was like, I am not eating escargot. It's just absolutely not happening. (laughs) But then we sat down at a table. The menu had escargot. And she was like, okay, I want to try it. And, you know, escargot is complicated. It has those little clip things. You have to hold them and the fork and the whatever. And then, uh, you know, it's snails. Um, But she was totally down for it. She ate it. She actually really liked it. I've never had good escargot before. (laughs) So I was like, it was really tasty and delicious. And I was so proud of her for just being like, all right, I'm going to do it. Now, do you dip it in butter? Well, it's cooked in all these wonderful herbs Ah, and I think butter or some wonderful oil. So you don't have to dip it in anything. It's kind of already in it while it's cooking. But it it was so delicious. Okay, good for you both. I'll give you both a hit for that. Uh, we got an order of six. I only ate two. She ate four. So. Wow. Mostly Violet, Violet. She is an adventurer. Yes. You're a pioneer and she's an adventurer. <laughs> I like it. And then I have a bomb. This is a flying home bomb. We got on the plane for a nine hour flight and there was a guy Well, there was an odor, I'll say. There was a significant body odor and literally like the kind that everyone in the compartment was like subtly checking their armpits, you know, like you're like, dear God, let that not be me, please. You know, (laughs) Um, and it was a guy seated right in front of Violet. So it was just like, oh, my God, nine hours of this is going to be really, really tough. And I mean, come on, you're going to be on a plane for nine hours with people. But I have to say the airline actually handled it really beautifully. They got like a supervisor to come in. We were right there. So I was able to see this, but it was very subtle and gracious and gave him some deodorant and solved the problem. But it was like, oh, my God, nine hours. It's it, uh, yes, I was I- just like. Oh, eye-poppingly bad. Sarah, that happened to me on the way home from Hungary. Oh, my god! I was next to someone, and I it was an experience I'll never forget. <laughs> well, and that's 14 hours. I mean, that's longer. It was a long flight. I'm sorry. Okay, 
You All have right. hits. You have a hit for Jack. Yeah. So I'm giving a hit to Jack for going snorkeling with me because he really didn't want to. He'd only snorkeled once before and it was in kind of choppy water, which makes it harder to snorkel yeah. and not as fun. But I really wanted to go on a you know boat and go snorkeling. And he went with me and he ended up loving it. And we had a fantastic little mommy son, I guess I should say mom son, outing. (laughs) And so I give him a hit for trying something that he thought he didn't like. Yeah. But try it again. And it turns out he loved it. So good for him. Yay, Jack. Now, I give myself a bomb because you might remember, Sarah, in episode 269, you suggested that we should all challenge ourselves on vacation. You had figured out how to, like, put bait on a hook to fish and how to clean a fish. And you felt really good that you had this personal growth and that you challenged yourself and stepped out of your comfort zone. And I declared in that episode that I was going to paddleboard out of my comfort zone when we went to Hawaii. And what I will say is Adam paddleboarded and Jack paddleboarded (laughs) and I watched from the beach. I did not paddleboard. And the whole time I was thinking, oh my gosh, I said on the podcast I was going to (laughs) paddleboard. And here I am watching them paddleboard. And I so regret, Sarah, that I did not paddleboard. I just at the time, I don't know. I just, I guess I didn't want to step out of my comfort zone, but I should have. Well, I will say you can paddleboard here in Los Angeles. Maybe what you should do is find a mellow water paddleboarding place in, say, Santa Barbara and go paddleboard there. Yes, although I will say the water is so much colder in California Um, than it is in Hawaii. (laughs) Well, that'll give you an incentive to stay on the board. I guess so. But anyway, a bomb to me. I admit I did not follow through on my declaration. Well, I mean, the alternative also is you're going to have to go back to Hawaii. That's probably a better option. We'll go with that. I will go back to Hawaii. That sounds good to me. Excellent. Okay, Liz, it's time for our Call Your Manager segment. We are so excited today to talk to our manager, Diane Fraser. She's a partner in management production company, Industry Entertainment Partners, where she primarily represents writers in both film and television. Prior to joining industry, she was vice president of series packaging and TV lit at ICM. She joined ICM from boutique agency, Major Clients Agency, which she co-owned. And this is one of the things I love about Diane. In addition to her work in the worlds of film and television, Diane has a side hustle as a producer of stage musicals and as a concert producer. She's presented and performed in numerous live Broadway-themed musical events, including many benefit concerts for nonprofit organizations such as Music for Autism and Entertainment Community Fund. And you can visit her website to find out more about this, by the way, at www.fraserentertainment.com group if you want to know about her shows. She also has a debut album of music coming up by composer-lyricist Leslie Brickest. So that's coming out soon. And Diane, we are so happy to talk to you today. Welcome. Thank you for having me back, ladies. So Diane, Sarah and I were talking the other day between the two of us about a question, and then we thought we should really ask Diane about this. After all of our years in the business, we still are not completely clear on the difference between an agent and a manager, and then furthermore, what do they do versus what a lawyer does? 
And it comes up a lot because a lot of writers, especially just starting out, are wondering, do I need an agent? Do I need a manager? Do I need both? So we'd love to just explore that with you. Okay. Well, people ask me a lot, what is the difference between an agent and a manager? And I usually answer with the old Hollywood joke, managers are legally bound to not solicit employment for their clients, while agents are bound by tradition. (laughs) Okay. So one one difference between agents and managers is that is that agencies must be franchised with the guild, have a license, et cetera, with WGA, DGA, SAG-AFTRA. Anyone can hang a shingle and call themselves a manager. Technically, managers are not supposed to get you jobs, but rather handle the long view of your career. However, this notion is ever evolving since so many writers and directors now have managers and business affairs executives will negotiate a deal with a manager, especially if the client does not have an agent. This wasn't always the case. Many creative people, writers in particular, since the WGA hiatus a few years ago, have managers and lawyers and no agents. Yeah, that's us. Numerous writers. Yeah, that's you. And you're not alone. A lot of writers elected not to go back to an agency. So in these cases, the manager is getting the jobs and guiding the long-term career. The lawyer is negotiating the deals if there's a lawyer. So some of the basic differences, I sort of see the agent as the enforcer, the muscle. Many of them are heat-seeking missiles, working the hardest for clients who are hot or in demand. They have many clients and they hunt (laughs) in packs. If needed, they will give notes on material and pitches, and we'll talk you through difficult situations. The manager is more the nurturer, the compass, and with fewer clients, he or she has a more personal, functional relationship with the client, knows what a client's superpowers are, why the client is pursuing this career. As a rule, the manager is able to spend more time with the client, and the manager will also give notes and talk you through difficult situations. Now, the lines of demarcation between manager and agent are more blurred than ever. And for me, unless a client is strongly opposed to it, I recommend having all three, manager, agent, and attorney. However, this is a completely personal choice, and it it's really not necessary for every single writer to have all three. Well, Diana, question I have for you is, I would imagine... The further one is along in their career, the less necessary it is to have all three. If you're just starting out, you want sort of as many people as possible boosting you. I I would say that, however, when you're starting out, agents do not launch writers any longer. Mm -hmm. When I started in the business, they did, and I launched a lot of careers, but writers didn't have managers. Now, there's so much... The agencies have gotten so big, and with all the consolidation, ICM and CAA, for example, the most recent, they just don't have the time. So they'll watch and wait for a manager to launch a writer and then go after the client. In terms of being farther along, yes, there is an argument to be made for needing fewer, a smaller team, let's say, unless you've see the value in the many resources that big agencies have. Yes. For instance, a big agency will have material, especially if they have a literary arm like WME. Books, exactly. 
UTA, ICM, yeah, they all they all have that. But again, I, I mean, I would just reiterate, it's such a personal choice. And some people are comfortable with the gigantic team of agents, plus a manager or two managers and an attorney <laughs> or two attorneys, and others want one or two people to talk to. They just don't want to complicate their lives with all of those people weighing in. But I do think an attorney is hugely helpful, especially if you are entrepreneurial, working in features and television, navigating positioning and availability with several TV projects. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're staffing on a show and you've sold three pilots and you need to negotiate a deal where something's first, second, third, fourth position. So that Often an attorney can be very helpful with that. If you're creating shows where profit definitions matter, they can be really, really helpful. If you're starting out, either a manager or an attorney is usually enough to negotiate a staffing deal or a feature writing deal, provided you've gotten the job on your own. You know, attorneys don't get work for you. They negotiate the deals. But I think in terms of having an agent and a manager, as you were saying, Liz, their agencies often have, you know, resources beyond books. They have producer clients, actors, directors who can enhance a project that you're selling. However, there's no guarantee that just because you're a client, you get access to those books or those agency clients. Right. For example, in the world of television staffing, it may help if an agency also represents the showrunner. But again, it's no guarantee that they can get that showrunner to hire you. Right. We had the same agent as Sean Ryan for forever, and it took us till season four <laughs> to get on the shield. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes, although I will say having the I same agent did get us read there because yes. our agent was able to get directly right. to him and say, please read these people. Yes. And then, and something, Diane, um, I'd love to hear you comment on is the other thing with the lawyer is with managers and agents, their relationships with executives um, and writers who are hiring is super important to protect. Whereas I feel like a lawyer can kind of come in and negotiate and just works with business affairs and doesn't have the same uh, need to sort of keep things pleasant and nice. Usually that is the case. However, there are many attorneys who have close relationships with uh, creative personnel, executives, showrunners, et cetera. But for the most part, that's true. They're they're hitting up the business affairs person and, you know, they can be yes. the bad cop. I guess that's what I'm saying. They can be the in bad cop. In the negotiating. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Something else, you know, I noticed, Diane, in our relationship with you is we talk to you every week. We did not talk to our agent <laughs> all that often. Loved him, by the way. But we didn't have continuous communication. Whereas with you, we have a set time. We talk mm -hmm. every week. Is that a common thing that managers do with clients? I mean, I, I do it. I don't know if every manager does. But what I would say is I feel that as a manager, I'm there for hands-on support. And I should understand what you want to do. I like to do those sort of state of the union check-in calls. Um, and even if things are just rolling along and they're, 
There are no little to no current actionable issues. I feel that it's important. I don't think agents do that as much just because with agency consolidation, the agent has more clients than ever, more corporate responsibility. And it's actually contributed to the boom in the management business because managers typically have far fewer clients. They're able to cut through the clutter to push for a client to get a gig. They have more you know, they're more available for individual attention. That's a lot of what I like about being a manager because I was an agent for many years. So all of this, you know, some of your listeners may disagree with things I'm saying. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience from more years than (laughs) I'd like to admit that I've been doing this. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's, especially as you're saying with the consolidation of agencies, a lot of times there's a feel that when you're at an agency, you're a cog in the wheel and that can be a great place to be but a manager is is tends to be very focused on the client's career as opposed to how the client fits into the agency's big picture if that makes yes. sense yeah for right. us that's really helpful because we are the types of people who like to analyze and discuss and sort of <laughs> project different possibilities and it's very helpful for us to have you a manager to kind of game stuff out with us in that way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mm -hmm. again, as you're saying, every manager is different. I'm sure every agent is different. So you may get that from your agent or you may not get it from your manager. But I think in general, when I talk to people, that is something they find super valuable in their manager. And we certainly do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think sort of as as a rule, you should respect your agent and know that your attorney is legally bound to have your back in all things business and legal, and you should trust your manager. This is the person that you should be closest to, the one you call when you feel like they hated your draft, you're getting Mm -hmm. fired, you had a disagreement with an executive or an actor, or to celebrate a big win. And I think a lot of people aren't, don't feel comfortable, especially if they have a huge team of agents. They don't know who to call in a situation like that. Yes. Well, Diane, we are very grateful and happy that we can call you and that we have you to talk these things through with. So thank you for joining us today <laughs> and for being our manager. Yes. Thank, thank you, you, Diane. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Coming up, Diane has a theater Hollywood hack, but first this break. Okay, everyone, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. And Diane, you have a fantastic hack. This is one of the best kept secrets in Los Angeles for all you theater lovers. The Amundsen Theater, which is kind of a big theater. And when I go there, I like to get really good seats, you know, center orchestra, which usually for a musical around $150. You can buy box seats at the Amundsen, and you've probably seen them up above, you know, the side up above. There are, I believe, six total boxes. They're $35 a ticket. And a couple weeks ago, I, my husband and I took my daughter and two of her friends to see The Prom, which I had seen and loved on Broadway. We got box seats. The girls were behind us in one box. Jeff and I were in the front box. And you're right above the orchestra. It's like having an orchestra seat. 
they don't advertise this. It's not on the website. You need to either go to the box office or call them on the phone and usually buy the tickets just a few days before the performance you want to see. They they reserve these for accessible seating, but there are never that many people that need accessible seating. And they will often try to talk you out of it saying, oh, well, there's the view. It's partial view. You won't really see very well. Don't you want an orchestra seat? I have seen many shows this way and it's fantastic. And it seems like no one knows about it. When I mention it to someone, oh, are we going to get the box seats? It's like, what's that? So anyway, the next time you want to go to the Amundsen Theater, call them up and ask for box seats. That is so great to know. $35, that's affordable. Yeah, it's a great deal. Yes, thank you, Diane. That's a good one. That is so great. Thanks, Diane. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to Diane Fraser for joining us today. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Spain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, if we're anxious watching all of these jobs come through when we're on vacation, imagine how anxious we're going to be when we're not on vacation. At least we're negotiating on something. That does give me comfort. Yes. Reduces my anxiety greatly. From the Onward Project.